podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Too rich for who? Y'all just got rich again. Who grips the mic and likes to kill their friends? I've never been the type to make amends. If shit was at an eight, we like to, we like to, we like to. The Rising Boys kids are back in the building. It's your boy, I also hate Pitt, Brandon Phoenix. We are going to talk about Texas. Down goes Bebo, those Mountaineers slay, those steers. We're going to give you a little TCU preview. We're going to talk about what it's like to lose your cell phone or if it's just not working out of service, out of battery, whichever. Doesn't matter. Same feeling. What do you do? And then, of course, we're going to tell you why those horn frogs should just quit. So, holla at your boys. Make sure you pay close attention. We got a lot for you this week. It's a good week. Thanks for joining. Get at us. And the product is still the best, though. In 2016, an estimated 62.9% of the population worldwide already owned a mobile phone. And it's supposed to grow to 67% by 2019. That includes developing countries. So you can imagine what it is here in the United States. And it's safe to say that people are attached to these things like it's giving them life. And for some of us, it is our lives. And we are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are not much different. I am Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. Joined by Jeremy J and Fiend Phoenix. Y'all can't see him, but he got them stunning shades on, the fresh depth hoodie like always, looking good, looking clean. I bet he smelled good too. But you can't tell that on the podcast. You can't even tell that on YouTube. We just want to talk about cell phones. Because they're so important to us, our lives seem to end when they're gone. You know that song? But you don't know what you got till it's gone, right? So what do you do when you look down, you're at 1% and you don't have a cell phone charging case? Or what do you do when you look down and you realize you left your phone in somebody else's car or at the bar or with your kids? What do you do, Jay? What do you do? Have you experienced something like that recently? No, it's the worst. You forget. You forget to uh, – I went to work and I uh, forgot my phone at home and it was just the worst. It's, I, I, you just feel so naked. And it's funny how we come to rely <laughs> on these things and checking updates and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But it's the truth. When you don't have it, it's the worst. Yeah, I feel like it's the worst because it is my connection. I don't have a I don't have a landline. I don't have a home phone. I don't even use a laptop. So everything you see me do, everything you see us do, it comes straight from my phone. I do everything from my phone. That's yep. how I keep in contact with every person I know. Yep. That's how I keep tabs on when I'm going to work. That's how I know what we're going to talk about when we do this show. Um, all the data that I that we we spew out here comes from file that I save, and it's on my phone. Um, all the pictures I post on Instagram. All the tweets that I put out, everything, everything on Facebook, everything you see, every time I go live, it's all from my phone. And then that's on top of the different groups I'm in. I'm in one major group that was actually a major catalyst for this show. And you come back to 120 messages, you know? Yep. I'm in another group that's actually nationwide from East Coast to West Coast. It's all about sports. I come back, I missed 100, you know, for real, I got 200 notifications just from text. That's not... Uh, including Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. And a lot of this stuff is time sensitive. You know what I mean? People say, well, it can wait. You know all those commercials about, you know, don't text and drive, it can wait. Guess what, Susan? Sometimes it can't wait. All right? Sometimes it can't wait. It's, will, it's worth the risk. Yep. That's definitely a joke. Nobody report us. We are kidding. We are 100% kidding. But the point is it does feel time sensitive. It does seem like you need to respond. And as a culture, we've gotten so used to immediate responses because we can that people get their feelings hurt when you don't respond immediately. Like, I've gotten responses from people, especially of the female persuasion, 
where they're like, oh, it's like that, or oh, you can't, and I'm like, hey, hey, my phone died, or I was with my kids playing soccer, or no, it, it is so funny how it works too, because you be waiting for that response, you send a message, and you don't get response. Then now you start to think to yourself, oh, is this person mad? Did I say something wrong? You gotta go back it, and check. Did I send it to the right person? <laughs> <laughs> oh my! That's oh the worst. my! There, there is nothing worse than sending the wrong message to the wrong person. No, the wrong screenshot. <laughs> you screenshotted the conversation, oh, man. then you sent it back to the person. That is the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate. And what you gonna say? What you gonna say? Besides, no, no. You, look, you can try to play it off if you want to, nah. but there's times we, <laughs> you got to just, just, uh, just, just come to the table, man. You got to just be honest with it because there's nothing you can do. Sometimes you just got to fall on the ball in the end zone. It's better to get a safety than to give up a touchdown in those cases. That's funny, how I feel. The funny thing is, you're talking about uh, phones and whatnot. How many numbers do you know by heart? I know your numbers. I know. I know your number. I know Dad's number. I know Mom's number. I know Francesca's number. I know McClung's number. I know my number, my ex-wife's number. All right, all right. So you know a few. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think that's I, it, though. I think that's it. I think I, I think I know my kid's school number, too. I think I think those are the only numbers I know, that, and I, that's less than 10, right? I don't. Uh, it's pretty close, but that's my thing. How many people, if you lost your cell phone, are you just disconnected from oh, everybody? I know Heath's number, too. I know Heath Jay's number, too. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not to give it out, but I know it. I know a few. I know a few, but back in the day, like you know, when you used to have to call your friends from home, I used to remember Barracks and Foggins and and buddies and and yeah. everybody's number. Not anymore. If I if something were to happen, I know about five people's number. And they you know my number. You know my number. You know my number. Yeah, I know. I know yours. Remember when Michael Scott gets left at the gas station by Jim because Jim's mother in law left CC yeah. in the car, and Mike's at the gas station and he's like, he has to, he finally convinces the gas station attendant to let him use his phone, and then Mike's like, uh. Well, this is not good because you don't have any of my numbers stored. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's a conundrum, man. Like, it's life-changing. I know there's going to be people on here and be like, what did we do before we had cell phones? I'll tell you what we did. Mom would forget that she was supposed to pick us up or I missed the bus and I got to wait. And you call from a payphone and nobody answers and you sit there for an hour, two hours. Okay, yep. Life was dangerous before we didn't have yep. cell phones. You sat on the side of the road and you hoped somebody was nice enough to stop if it was the middle of the night when we didn't have cell phones. You walked miles to get gasoline instead of being able to call AAA before we had cell phones. People died. Okay, This ain't a game. People died before we had cell phones. So please stop with the what did we do before we had cell phones. Life was terrible. It was miserable. Yep. It was horrible. It's and so there was fun. no internet. No, no, and, and even like linking up with people, you make arrangements to be somewhere. So I was having dinner the other day, and I left my phone at home. And then the person who was who was supposed to come um, was what's late. What's, what, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the person was late. I don't have my phone. It's like fifteen minutes, and I have no clue what's going on. And now when they got there, they were like, you know, I, I called your phone, I texted you, I told you I was running a little behind. But that's the point when you don't have it, you're just, you're just out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and then what do you do? Do you stay and how long do you stay? And then if you go, are you the jerk? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many problems with not having a cell phone. And I do think that we're too dependent because when I don't have it, when I'm in a spot where I know I'm not going to have it, there is a freedom I feel. There's a weight that's lifted off my shoulder. There's a responsibility I feel like I don't have. It's great. It's fantastic. The only thing I don't like is the not being able to be in contact with my kids if there's an emergency. And then ever since Mike died... If I don't answer my phone, because everybody knows my phone stay in my hand. If I don't answer my phone, I wake up to so many calls yep. and people or people think they need to call the police, especially for mama. So, uh, but I do, I do, I like that weight that gets lifted off when the technology's gone, even though I need it. 
All right, all right. Real quick question. You got to pick one of the three. Now this may be easy, but I'm gonna give you one. Of, uh, I'm gonna give you three of them. All right, let me hear it. Leaving your phone. All right. Losing your wallet. Okay. And locking your keys in the car. Ooh, which one? What am I choosing? The one I like the most, or the one I like the least. The least. The one I like the least. Locking my keys in the car. <laughs> locking my keys in the car. Ah, uh, you know what? Uh, no, my... no. No, wait, did I lose my phone or I just left it at home? You left it at home. No, definitely locked my keys in the car. Are you kidding me? That cost me time and money. So much inconvenience. Ruins whatever plans you had. Uh, no, definitely. Definitely locking the keys in the car. That's the worst. That's but true. guess what? That's true. Brand new whip got no keys. Tell them I close no stars, please. <laughs> That's all that song that I'm going to sing. Anyway, shout out to little baby. Wah, wah, wah. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, definitely locking keys in the car is worse. But, yeah, I, uh, I think we finished that pop culture. That's it. Nothing else to say. But we do want to hear what y'all have to say. So, if you're not following us on Instagram, please do that. Raspy Voice Kids on Instagram. Raspy Voice Kids on Twitter. Raspy Voice Kids Podcast on Facebook. YouTube channel, Raspy Voice Kids. You may think if you're following us one place, it's great. And we're grateful for that following. We're grateful that you're supporting us in that way. But everywhere you follow us helps us to be seen and heard by more people who like the Raspy Voice Kids, who like West Virginia football, who like talking about pop culture, who like to tell Jeremy he's wrong about Brown Sugar, Bay, and Lion King and Toy Story and all that other stuff. So go subscribe, rate, and review. We're eternally grateful. We love all the people who already have. But if you follow us on one, please follow us on all. Get at your boys. Shout to Swill Dog. Shout to Sandwich You. Shout to Shrinkables. And, of course, shout to Astork Auto and the international businessman, international traveler and quintessential businessman, Mr. Jim Ashley at jimashley.biz. Holla at all y'all for the support you give the RVK, DJ Mike Hussey, everybody else. Y'all showing mad love to your boys. We appreciate it. We ain't never going to forget it. On to the next segment. Rap me, boys! We want to give a shout out to Sandwich You, the king of the fat sandwich, located on 461 High Street and in Morgantown at the Milan Pushkar Stadium, Mountaineer Field at Milan Pushkar Stadium, like I said, they're the king of the fat sandwich. They even roll up some of them sandwiches in pizza. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. That's how Chris Truck kneeled, a West Virginia legend, a former Washington Redskin, and his boy George P. Tanyos. Tanyos? Tanyos? I don't know. I say it wrong. You can correct me. What I don't get wrong is the fact that they are dope and their sandwiches are beyond belief. Holla at them, get you a milkshake, and tell them the Raspy Voice Kids sent you. And make sure while you're eating your fat sandwich, you're drinking a cold hard cider from the finest hard cider makers in all the world in Swill Dog. Located in Franklin, West Virginia, these are real West Virginians making drinks with real West Virginia pride and giving back to West Virginia communities. You got to support them, not just because they're doing good, but because they are good. They're fantastic. And, of course, the man with the plan, Mr. Jamie Spears, Paul Astorg as well, representing for Astorg Auto of Charleston, West Virginia's brand, West Virginia's elite automotive company. When you want a good car, when you want a good deal, when you want to ride in style and be treated right, Astorg Auto, make sure they let make sure you let them know that the RVK sent you. And finally, shrinkables. That is shrinkables. Get at us. West Virginia went and slayed those steers. They were close. They were near, but nothing sweeter than them Texas tears. Let's go, Mountaineers. That's the move. West Virginia beats Texas in Austin. DKR. That boy, 
That in boy the, good. That's that all I was saying. That boy, that boy good. That, that boy, boy good. That was original chat right there. Yeah, straight from the dome, <laughs> right off the dome. Y'all heard it already before, but like I said, I did that real quick. Quick in the machine gun, Kelly lied and said he did his. And, but, you know, I had to switch it up because sometimes we be rapping. I needed to let y'all know I can get that Joe Cocker sitting on the side, uh, dock of the base style. But all that said, we go to DKR in front of the largest crowd in the history of Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium. They were all there to witness the ascension of Texas, to see the fact that Texas is back. But like we told y'all before, Texas is back to losing games. They ain't got no business losing. Well, they should have lost that one. No, yeah, they, they, they deserve to lose that one. This time they're back to listening to Country Rose sung by Mr. John Denver in their own stadium. By the Mountaineer faithful, look like we represented. Boy, was that good. That's running what around Ruff. with the state flag. Running around with that state flag, man. Horns down the whole time. I saw Jeff Ruff was in the building. I saw uh, Robert Davison was in the building. Um, I saw Sarah Roth from Low Country Ears was in the building. Melissa Bono and Bones was in the building. Anybody who's on Facebook who's in any of those groups talking about the Big 12, y'all know the greatest troll, Melissa Bono. But she also spits facts. She was there, horns down, red lipstick and all. We had great, great support in Austin. The Mountaineers fed off of that. They represented. They got the win. There are things that were not perfect. We're going to discuss those things. But Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, and Jeremy J. and Fiend Phoenix, the raspy voice kids, doing the Hail West Virginia podcast, are so happy to be able to say that it was a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be on account of the arm of Will Greer, the hands of Gary Jennings, and then the play call, the legs, the scramble for the second of two two-point conversions to put Texas where they deserve to be. Which is beneath us. Horns down forever. Throw forever. a flag on that. Ever. Throw a flag Man, on that. First of all, can we? All right, let, let, let's let's get the elephant in the room with the flags for doing horns down. You that's that's flaggable. Let me say this. I'm listening to it because I was driving back from Myrtle Beach, so I I had to watch it when I got home, and I of course caught some highlights, you know, through stops on my trip. Listening to it, it was frustrating because I thought we get we got a. 15-yard penalty that's going to affect the kickoff field position, especially with the wind, um, for horns down. I think the refs noticed the chippiness. No. And they were upset upset and felt we were taunting the fans. No, no. David Sills? David Sills? That was absolute, complete bogus. But but hold up, hold up, hold up. We we were taunting the fans. So anybody who ever does the shh sign to the crowd is also taunting the fans. I never see nobody throw a, a flag thrown when they when they put up their their, their, their uh, finger up to their lips. That's the nope. most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Flagging that that's like that's like flagging KJ back in the day when he crossed his arms after scoring a touchdown. Pac Man too, Pac Man, Chris Henry, all of them. It's absolutely ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that I disagree with it. Uh, that I agree with it. I disagree. Like I I tweeted, is John Higgins in this game? Does John no, Higgins think he's no. in Fog Island? Because that's how it felt. It felt like John Higgins in the 35-2 game, that's how it felt. It was very obvious what they want. They wanted a rematch between Texas very and Oklahoma. Clear. And I'm typically not that kind of conspiracy guy, but that was, that was ridiculous. When you threw Yodney out the game for, for nothing, o- for oh open, my. An open-handed shove in response as the guy's walking away, contact to the shoulder, and that was it. Yep. And, and you, you throw think, him out. No warning, you, no personal foul, you threw him out. And you don't think the refs knew that that was one of our best offensive linemen? They knew. They knew from the get-go. And I'm with you. This was one of the biggest, most blatantly cheating things I saw in a long time. And and I hate to be that guy, but when you throw our best linemen out 
he didn't even throw a punch. And it was quick, and, it, and he was gone. Meanwhile, no. Texas player did punch. I believe it was Colton McKivitz right in the chops, right in the face mask. Not even a flag thrown, let alone throw somebody some, out. Some of those holding calls. David, holding Long, calls. David Long held in the wide open on a touchdown play, no call. But I'll, the funniest part about that, Jeremy, as we review this Texas game is, Texas fans are trying to say that the refs gave us the game. Do you know how many oh. penalties Texas had called on them? Uh, six. Seven. Seven. For how, you know how many yards? 64. Guess yeah. how many? We we had eight penalties in the first quarter. Yeah. We had more in the first quarter than you had the entire game. We had 14 penalties for 120 yards. And you're going to tell me that the refs gave the game to us? No, no we and, took that game. We took you, it. We took it. We took You said Texas fans. You mean Texas coach. No, I was getting it. <laughs> Get him. Get him. No, Tom Herman has solidified who and what he is. It starts, Tom Herman wants to say, I thought if you taunted, uh, if you taunted before you scored, that the score was negated. Uh, Tom, you should yeah. know about taunting. Do you remember how you treated Drew Locke from Missouri in the bowl game? Remember all that taunting, all the imitation yep. you and the rest of your, your team did? You should know about taunting, okay? What about how you acted last week when Gundy or when uh, Brecken Hager Decided he was going to lose his mind and attack a receiver just because he clearly had lost and there was nothing he could do and he was frustrated. Because he must have got mixed up when he had that conversation with God when God told him they were the best team in the country. Remember Brecken had that whole conversation? Yeah. He, he needed to get him back on the line and say, hey, 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 I, miss, I must I'm have misunderstood. Saying, look, like, when, you whole, get, when you get whipped, take your medicine. Take After medicine. The, I don't want to hear anything in, in, the, in the, the, the post, the, the, excuse me. The press conference afterwards saying, oh, shouldn't that have been a flag? Or shouldn't y'all just lost at home? What a great comeback. Take your medicine and quit being a baby. Yeah, and Tom Herman did say this. This is courtesy of Kirk Bowles uh, on Twitter. He said, Tom Herman said the combination of inside outside zone with a stick draw and their great all American quarterback, all American receivers, it was a little bit too much for us to handle there at the end. So I will give Tom Herman credit for saying that because that. Is the fact. The other thing that's going to get lost because we gave up 41 points. The dogs held tight in that third quarter. Absolutely. Two red zone stops held yep. them to field goals. Yep. Six points instead of 14 is a major swing. Changes everything. Doesn't mean we couldn't have won, but we missed that. Our defense is a bend but don't break defense. And they bowed their backs. They bent, but they did not break. They made stops when they really mattered. They made stops on that very last drive. No, I agree. Did they play a great game? No. The no. first half, they were getting beat up pretty well. They made the adjustment, gave up, what, 13 points in the second half? And one yeah. of the touchdowns came, it was just a double move. It's classic, you know, hitch yeah. and go. Yep. He, he missed the assignment on that one. But and other he, than that, like even, you said. Well, even in the first half, you said we got beat up. But our, our corners were in position a lot of times. Like that that first big play to uh, – I'm sorry, I'm not going to call him. I'm just going to call him a Humphreys. I can't call him by his first name. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't, can't do it. Little Sebastian, Little Sebastian Humphreys. Little Sebastian Humphreys went up and made a play because we were in pursuit. Had Ellinger on the run. He throws off his back foot into the middle of the field, across his body. Everything you're not supposed to do, everything as a defense you want them to do. And Little Sebastian made a great play. I got to give him props. Okay? But in the end, it was bye-bye, Lil' Sebastian. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I want to give love to this offensive line. Yeah, let's we, do it. I mean, all year people have been talking about the offensive line and where's the problem and, and what, what's My, going on. Myself included. Them dudes balled. Them dudes balled. Not just pass, not just giving him a clean pocket and the ability to, to throw it downfield and all day to throw it. No sacks given up. But how many rushing yards did we put up? 250 plus, right? 
Um, I thought it was 226. I could be wrong. I know we averaged seven yards per carry. When okay. you average seven yards per carry, your offensive line is doing doing their job. No, absolutely. They controlled and owned that game. And actually, I was a little surprised. But if we can get that kind of production out of them, man, man, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. No, that's, that's what I love. So, so, Will throws for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. We did not turn the ball over all game. Um, no sacks given up. We averaged seven yards per carry. And we scored 27 points in the first half. And I get a text from a good friend of ours. I won't say his name. I'm not going to say Grant Shepard's name. And he says... Spaz got to make some adjustments. And I'm like, I text him. I was like, what do you want the man to do? We're on a 54-point pace, and you're telling me Spaz got to make adjustments? Now, here's what happened. I've been on Twitter on this crusade, and I'm talking about Spaz, and people are like, yeah, I still want him fired. People think when I say that Spaz should not be fired or demoted that I'm telling you he's perfect. I'm not telling you he's perfect. People think that I'm saying he hasn't made mistakes or that it's beyond reproach. One person tweeted to me, these guys get paid a lot of money. They're in the limelight. They can take a little Twitter um, They can take a little Twitter criticism. I'm not worried about Spaz's feelings. This is not a leave Britney alone <laughs> moment, okay? You remember that video, leave Britney alone? It's not one of those moments. I'm not saying leave Spaz alone. I'm okay with criticisms or critiques. What I'm not okay with is saying he should be fired or demoted when the man is averaging 39.9 like points said, per game. Like you said, what do people want from him? What do you want? You want points? I, I this, don't, this what, don't, don't know. Don't get me wrong. Everything is not super spectacular. Like you no. said, everything's not, you know, the way the there's one game in particular earlier this year that was rough. But other than that, this game, this Texas game, watch when the plays were called. Watch the third down calls. This dude called a heck of a game. And this is the reason why he's here. And this is the reason why he didn't leave after last year. I don't get what people are talking well, about. Well, I do. I do get what it is. The problem with our offense is, so like when it uh, uh, the, the stats are not updated on NCAA because we're just doing this on Sunday. But we are not super efficient in the red zone. We're not okay. super efficient on third down. Like, we're 31st in the nation before before this week. We started out 5 for 8 on third downs. And I actually wanted to say that on last week's show, and I forgot to say that, that we, we were like well, 1 for 10 on third down. We started out 5 for 8, and the next thing I knew, we were 6 for 11. What I will say is that we're, what you have to remember is we may not be that efficient in the red zone, but the 55-yard touchdown from Martel Petaway is not a red zone conversion. The 60-yard bomb to, to put us in position to, to win the game to Gary Jennings it's not a red zone position. The the 50 or 40 or whatever yard pass to Sills in the beginning of the game to get a touchdown, that's not a red zone possession. This offense has always been explosive, okay? A Ferrari is not a daily driver. You don't take that car to work every day. But when it's time to go, it can go. That's how I view our offense. Now, there are people who want our offense to be more like a Big Ten offense. Guaranteed first downs, drive down the field, eat up the clock. It's not going to be that way. Nope. I, I, think, I think here's what the problem is, Jeremy. People get on dating sites and they see the profile picture. Then they get to the bar for the date and they don't look the same. You know why? Because you see the best picture possible on the dating profile. And then you see real life with bad lighting and maybe a long day when they get to the date. Okay? <laughs> now, the girl might still be an 8, but if you thought she was a 10 and she shows up and she's an 8, you're mad. If you thought she was a 6 and she's an 8, you're happy. It's about expectations. I think people came into the season thinking that Will Greer was going to throw for 10,000 yards, 65 touchdowns. We were never going to get stopped. There would be no three and outs, and we would never have a drive that did not result in touchdowns. That's not offense. That's not realistic. It's not realistic in the Big 12. It's not even real for Alabama, who's the best offense in the country. Right? So I think that's part of what the problem is. People had false expectations. But if you look at the numbers, we're still doing really well. Are we perfect? No. 
And then people say stuff like, why is Kennedy McCoy in instead of Petaway? And I start to feel that way too. But guess who doesn't make that decision? Spav. You know who decides who's in? Markel Blackwell. He's the running backs coach. And you have no idea if Petaway told him he tweaked something or he's tired or whatever. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. I understand people thought that they would see, you know, see this super shiny score every single possession. But here's, here's the thing. When you score over 40 points, last year we were one of the top offenses in the country. Granted, we have games that we don't look spectacular and it frustrates us. But when we're giving you 40 points a game every single week. I mean, the guy, what is, they, he what, scored what 100 points a hundred points the last two games. That's 50 points per game we're that, averaging. That's what I'm games. saying. And that's there are people who exactly said, I still want him fired. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I just. and I, I don't and think I, you really do. I don't think you really <laughs> want him fired. No. Do you remember Jeff Mullen? No, they don't do you remember, remember that. They don't, do you or, remember? Do you remember? Look, do you remember? Look, do you remember Rich Rod when people figured out what his game plan was and he had to make an adjustment and never them, ever did them, in the second them half? South Florida games every, every single, single year. One. People don't remember that stuff. So when they get to Spav <laughs> and it's not and because remember there are people who are mad at Dana because Dana couldn't manage a clock and yep. that was a that was a legit criti- criticism. But now look yep. at us. Everybody who said Dana can't win a big game now look at us. Okay, yep. I mean five and three against uh, Texas since we joined the Big Twelve. Right, like there's one hurdle we've not overcome, and we'll have a chance to re- to avenge that this year. But we'll take that as it comes because this week is te- te- uh, te- uh, Texas Christian. But that said, I'm not, and I want to make this clear: I'm not mad at fans. We've already done the show. Good fans, bad fans. We need passion, but we also need to have some kind of realism. And I'm not worried about Jake. Jake's a grown man. You think he doesn't know about this? He coached at Texas A&M. He knows about crazy fans. And I love that our fans are crazy and passionate. But I also want us to not sound like complete morons because. Go look at the numbers. Our offense is pretty good. And pretty much everybody in the country wishes they had the offense that we have. And mind you, a lot of the stats where we're ranked are affected by the fact that we've played one less game. So, very you know, true. Well, so, you know, because look what Syracuse did to North Carolina State. How many points would we have put up then? It's hard to say. You really never know. Um, and Iowa State is one of the hottest teams in the country and ranked in the top 25. Not saying we're happy about the results, but it's not as bad a loss as it seemed in the moment. So I just think we need to pump the brakes when we talk about all the people we want fired all the time. You know Continu- who should? Con- but continuity goes a long way. That's why offensive lines are better when they play together. And speaking of that, you shouted out the offensive line. We got to give Kelby Wick line. Chris That's Hall pointed why, this out. Look, I, I definitely had to get there. That, that O-line, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, but Chris Hall said that. He was like, everything that gets lost in this is Kelby Wickline comes in for Yadnick Adjust, and if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Because you wouldn't know. Because you go from an All-American uh, left tackle to a guy who played very well, very well, against a good Texas defensive line. So we got to give props for props for doing. The other place is Evan Staley. Yeah. Evan Staley made a 40-plus yard field goal in the wind in the first half to put points on the board to give us the lead. Um, Evan Staley made an important field goal later in that game. And if it, it doesn't seem like a big deal, six points taken off the board means we lose that game. Three points taken off the board means we lose that game. And it's easy to forget about the kicker because when he lines up, you just expect him to make it. But that's not the way it works. But it did yesterday. Evan Staley was a man, a key player. He did it for the brand. Shout out, man. It's, a, it's such a refreshing feeling when you have a kicker line up and you already know it's good. And it's been a long time since, you know, I felt that way. And dude is just building my face so much right now. He came in, like I said, primetime game, national TV, the brand Texas is on, and dude just like he was in practice, straight up and down. Yeah, no, I was I was happy with it. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. No missed extra points. I'm happy that Dana could trust him. Um, I'm glad his teammates can trust. Him. I'm happy for him because kickers need confidence, and making those field goals mean confidence, especially going down the stretch. So we'll see where, where we go with All that. Right. 
So what did you think about the two-point conversion call? I tweeted it before it happened. I said, I'm happy with this decision, whether we make it or not. Now, again, this goes back to the offense as well. So many people are reactionary. So how they feel about the play call is based on the results. And sometimes you make the right decision, it just doesn't work out. The other team makes a great play, or the players don't execute, or whatever. Stuff just happens. I was happy with the play call. We're on the road um, against a big-time team. We had made a comeback. We had the mojo. I felt like, let's go. And I felt like Dana and Spav are offensive guys. They're known for their offensive savvy. If we didn't have a play for a two-point conversion to win a game, then, in my opinion, that's a problem. And we, didn't have, and we didn't have a play. We had two plays. We had two plays, at least. And they both worked. No matter how and, bad they tried to cheat us, they both worked. And I love so much that you said results are what matter. That's all. only thing people think about. Perfect example. So, what did you think about that two-point conversion play? Everybody who, if you ask them that, they would. <laughs> if, you, if you ask them that, they be they would love it. They oh, would be they love the great play. What call. a great call! Yeah, use, yeah. But use, what, use Will's legs. He's got the talent, right? That's what they say. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going with this. I've been new. Oh, but when he broke his finger last year on the bootleg, <laughs> it was the worst call ever. This is the reason why he needs to be fired. It's the same play. It's the, the play same that everybody was. Play. The, the play that everybody was mad about last year that said Spav needs to be fired, that's what they ran. Well, not the exact same play, but they not ran same, a draw but. to the quarterback. They ran with Will. Stop it. It's all about results. It's all I love about that you said results. that. And people, it's funny. People do the same thing when it comes. Like sometimes you invest, you, you read all the information, you watch all the shows, you make an investment, and it tanks. Sometimes you don't do any research. Your friend says, hey, I got a hot tip. You put the money in, and then you make 10 times what you put in. It, re- results are not always the bottom line. And what I mean by that is sometimes you make the right decisions, you do the best you can, things just don't work out. And so, you know, when your judges, Spav or Dana or anybody else, now ultimately wins and losses matter. But play by play, drive by drive, come on, man. And Chris Hall and I were talking about this. That third and two where everybody was mad saying that, that uh, the running game's working well, run up the middle, and then we get Kennedy McCoy and we try to do a, 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 was a jet sweep, got a little cute. It was the same formation for the two-point conversion. Same formation. Yep. It's just the results were different. You know, and, and that's, that's, what I, that's what I look at. People have to be honest. They got to be honest. And I get yeah, it. They got to be nothing, okay? <laughs> they, you're right. You're right. They're, fan is short for fanatic. We all get a little crazy about stuff, myself included. And I'm not chastising people. I'm just like, I don't under, I, I really don't understand. I mean, can you imagine all the years in West Virginia history we wish we averaged 39.9 points a game? And now it's more than that because we got 42 last game. But I grew up wishing we had an offense. Now we're averaging 40 points a game. We're upset. The, the, the thing and is, want people fired. <laughs> I remember being frustrated with Noel Devine a little bit. I, I remember it clearly, Jeremy, because I, I remember I was like, what is wrong with you? So ridiculous. You don't Because I, my whole thing was. He was frustrated because he kept saying Noel Devine would always trip. That he would never no, finish, no, like, no, no, it, it, that was part of it. But it was also when Slayton got in the open field, he was never getting caught from behind. So, yeah, he, so when yeah, Devon, yeah, he was Steve Slayton. <laughs> he was Steve Slayton. So when Devon came, I was like, I think he's good, but yeah, you know, <laughs> can you imagine having Devon on this team? And then we, but then we, then we went to the Dustin Garrison days. Who I love Dustin Garrison wrestling move. I love his emotion. But the Dustin Garrison and what was the other dude's name? Uh, Bowie. Andrew uh, Bowie. Yeah, Bowie, Bowie. Hard workers, good guys. What's them out there, always them out there. But, man, that's a big drop-off when you go Slayton to Divine to oh, – Yeah. That was a yeah. big deal. So, 
So yeah, I mean, like you just appreciate don't, what, you, what, you, what you're trying to say is appreciate what you have. Appreciate, appreciate what you have. Appreciate how important it is to have continuity on the coaching staff for for the players, but also for the coaches and their families. Like that kind of stuff really does matter, and I don't think people give it enough credit. Especially now, the other thing is, like I said, like you know, if you get a B on your report card, that means you're above average. There are people in your class who got A's and A pluses, and you would like to be them, but to be above average is good. You know, and I, I feel like I give Spaff for sure at least a B plus, at least a B plus yeah. for what he's done this year. He's he's definitely above average. Um, I don't remember people getting fired for being above average, better than above average. I don't remember it. And, you know, that's just me. And, and I know what people are going to say, um, but you they're going to say that, that it's the players bailing him out. But you got to remember, we've dropped passes. We've missed passes. There's been times Spaff called the right play. We didn't execute. You know, and we don't look at Will. That's a lie. We do. There are people after the Iowa State game, after 10 bad quarters of football, who said that Jack Allison should be starting over Will Greer. Yeah. There are people who said that. Yep. And now, and now, Will Greer should be made the governor of West Virginia, right? It's all, and people I just. I loved, I just love that emotion so much. Just just watching the players after that game. And, of course, you had to be pumped. And you could tell Dana was pumped and the coaches were pumped. I just, it's such a good week when we win, but especially when we beat Texas. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just well, it's just I, a good I, time. I congratulated Spav, and he told me he was just happy for the kids. I talked to the other coaches that said the same thing, and, and you can tell. That's really how they feel. And I love that they're so invested as a family, and you can tell the team is the same way. You always ask the question, how are they going to respond to adversity? Well, we've seen it. Yeah, yeah. We've seen it. I was wondering. Two weeks in a row. They come out and they blow out Baylor. They go into a hostile environment in DKR, and they get the win. And Late. down, down all game. All game we were down. Well. Uh, no, no, I mean, excuse mo- me. It went lot, back most of the game. My bad. It went a lot back of the game. Forth. What I'm saying is there was pressure the entire game yeah. because it was a back and forth game. So then you get into the fourth quarter and we're down. Dude, the resilience is amazing. I I loved I loved their demeanor. Getting the ball back, two minutes left, and just doing work. Like it's another day they, they, they just, had the office. They just didn't quit. They did not quit. And that's the thing that I hope happens next week against TCU because this is a trap game. TCU lost to Kansas two weeks ago, Jeremy. Kansas. Firing oh, their me. head coach, Kansas. Oh, trust me. I know. <laughs> so, of course, you saw the tweet. TCU, you are now purple Kansas. <laughs> That's what I said. Uh, and then they come out against Kansas State, who is also butt, and win 14-13. to 13. Now, it's crazy because they started out the season hot. They blew SMU out. Um, they, they played good football, including against Ohio State, where it looked like they were going to win the game for a lot of the game. Until the very end, and even then, they only lost 40-28, to 28, but the score is actually not that bad if it wasn't for some crazy plays. Overall, they, play, they played really well against an overrated, but still top team in Ohio State, and the, just the wheels have fallen off. And I know they lost Kevontae Turpin because he can't keep his hands off of people, but Gary Patterson does not typically have a team like this. And you think they're not going to be ready to play the number seven and if you want to look at the coaches' poll, number eight team in the country in Morgantown? Uh, I, I, I honestly, that was one thing. I, I don't think. On our next just quit, one of the things I'm going to say is last week, it looks like they just quit, Brandon. They well, we'll, really, well, we'll like get to that. Let's, wait, let's save it. Let's save it. Uh, what right. I'm saying to you, though, is so when we get ready for this TCU game, like most times, I'm mostly focused on West Virginia. I want to make sure this team does not get hungover does not get caught up in the hype of what we did. Everybody's saying that's the the gutsiest call all season. Maybe the best game in college football all season. Will Greer had his Heisman moment, two Heisman moments, that Will Greer solidified his ticket. Brett McMurphy said, Will, you just accepted your ticket to New York. 
I don't want people uh, look at the defense, look at David Long, look at the things that w- we did when it really mattered and feel like we can get the job done when we feel like getting the job done. Or the running backs, who – we didn't talk about this enough. McCoy and Petaway, all of them, but especially McCoy and Petaway, they yeah. ran yep. They ran like somebody was after them. They, they really ran did. Like, they ran like somebody had stolen their child and they were going to get him back. They ran angrily. They ran hard. And and the offensive line was great, but those running backs, they were fantastic. Petaway, running through people, hitting people and keep going. Like and he then was run, hungry. running through and away from people. And, and their I, vision, yes. And yes. I hope we don't lose that. I hope that the receivers don't get complacent. I hope that there's focus and practice. And I think we have the senior leadership to remind them we already had our screw-up. There are no more mulligans. It, we, it, we don't get any more. That's true. And TCU no. is always a fit. They're always a fit, even when we're supposed to win. I figure, right. I figure we'll be favored by double digits, I would imagine. Um, but, And I think we can win by double digits, but the only way that happens is if we're focused. Gary Patterson always has a good defensive scheme. He's always got something up his sleeve. He's always got something we're not used to seeing. Um, special teams, they're My always fantastic. The, the, but they're, and I know you're trying to hype them up. but I'm not hyping them off, up. I'm just saying traditionally. The offense can't score. Early in the year, they had something different. They did. Now that Turpin's gone, and and that X factor, because uh, Turpin, you know. Well, I also think their quarterback's been exposed too. I don't think he was ever that good, but I think we we know. I think there's enough film where you know exactly how to play him and but get him to do what you want. Turp, Turpin almost scored uh, ten points by himself against Ohio State. Purely him, you know. A couple, a couple scores. I said ten points. A couple scores by himself. He's no longer there. That threat is off the field. Um, they scored sixteen points against Texas. Seventeen points against Iowa State. 14, 14 points against Texas Tech and 14 points against Kansas State. That's four games right there where they're barely getting multiple scores. I'm yeah. not saying I'm not we we got to take them serious because there is talent there. But when I say when I watched last week against Kansas State, I feel like the team quit. I feel like we're going to play a team that's not going to come in here fired up. I think we may blow the doors off them because they've quit this season. I hope we we should blow the doors off them because we have to remember the thing I keep that we keep saying is we haven't won anything yet. They're like, is this the biggest win in West Virginia history? No. What have we won? We didn't win anything. We didn't get a spot in the Big 12 championship. We didn't get a spot in the college football playoff. We didn't get we didn't get anything. It's just a win. Now, winning on the road in conference is really hard to do, especially against a team like uh, Texas who has talent. But we haven't won anything. We still have a lot to prove. The committee showed you what you what they thought of us with two lost Florida ahead of us, with UCF ahead of us. We need to go out there and blow the doors off. And I think Will and Sills and David Long and Kenny Bigelow and Jabril Robinson and Drayvon Askew Henry, those boys, which, by the way, shout out to Drayvon now. They said he's had the most uh, games in history at WVU. Shout yeah, out to him. That. That's important that they take that and remind them of what happens when you take your eye off the ball. Because if you take your eyes off of Gary Patterson's team, I'm sorry, especially one that's been, that's been embarrassed lately, I, I think we could be in trouble if we have a hangover. The fans – Including myself, it just felt like we won the Super Bowl when we didn't really win anything. Yeah. So that's what I think. I think it's uh, I think it's more about us than it is TCU. But nonetheless, two teams go in. Only one comes out. Rack me, boys! Astor Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. 
Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. It's always been you I told you once It ain't nothing new You're a fraud You're a fraud It's that time again It's your boy Jeremy J And Fiend Phoenix Fresh with the Stunner Shades Got that hoodie I got my hoodie No Stunner Shades But I'm here what? ready To give it to you real Give it to you raw Give it to you uncut It's the Raspy Voice Kids And we're here to tell you Why TCU should just quit now, TCU, you should just quit because you're the Horned Frogs. Now, what's the problem with that, you might ask? There are no Horned Frogs in Texas. There's a Horned Lizard, but that's not a Horned Frog. <laughs> so immediately, you're a fraud. You're faking and perpetrating. And I'm not hating. I'm just spitting the facts. Just quit. Your, your hand sign, your stupid little frog hand sign, like I said, stupid. Just quit that especially. But also, just quit. You've got like 12 people in your alumni base, okay? You can't even fill up your stadium half the time. You barely beat Kansas State. You lost to Kansas. You blew the game against Ohio State when you could have done something for the Big 12, and now you want to come to Morgantown and try to prove something? You want to try to be somebody? Nah, just quit. Gary Patterson looks like he lives in a van down by the river. And for that, he should just quit. Quit. Kevontae Turpin, you – oh, sorry, my bad. Right. <laughs> they just quit you, okay? Yeah. Horn frogs, stop it. Nobody's interested. Come get your whipping. Go home on that bus nice and quiet because we told you before it started, you should just quit. Just quit. I don't even know why – we're talking about TCU. When we talk about just quitting, your team has already just quit. Look at the Kansas State game. You won 14 to 13. You're battling Kansas, Kansas State to see who's the most disappointing team in the Big 12. And actually, you should quit because you are. You started the season ranked number 16. And where are you at now? You should just quit because you lost to Kansas. You lost to Kansas. That's it. Like that, that should be over. Automatically done turning your uniform. Just quit. <laughs> you, you should also just quit because back in 2014, at your absolute best 100% best people still didn't care about you that's why you didn't make it into the college football playoff and you got booted for Ohio State now this is the reason why you really should quit because this year you had a chance to redeem yourself or at least get some kind of shot back against the Buckeyes this was this was revenge game and you know what happened in Dallas what happened you lost again just quit you're irrelevant and nobody cares about TCU you lost the battle for who wears purple best with Kansas State. You are now purple Kansas. Nobody will ever forget. TCU, please just quit. You know why I can't rock with you. I told you once it ain't nothing new. You're a fraud. Sports Social Podcast Network.